Welcome to this week's edition of the Better Rivals Podcast. My name is Oscar Aparicio, and this week, the 49ers win their second consecutive game in convincing fashion. They beat the Jaguars 30-10 to and never really had the game in doubt. And with me this week, screaming Bortles at the top of his lungs as he runs into the void, it's David Newman. Funny thing about that, my wife actually did scream Bortles at some point during this game. I forget exactly when. It was just, it was pretty random, but that happened. Uh, I really hope she had a Molotov cocktail in hand. When she screamed portals. <laughs> no, no Molotov cocktail. That's, that's, you know, I'm going to have to talk to her about this. But safe. No, you know, I like, honestly, there's a baby in the house. Like, it's probably for the best. I mean, you know, you've got that pizza oven in the backyard. Uh, you know, I feel like we can make something happen. You know, combustibles. I don't Let's like do what it. you're trying to make happen. I'm just going to throw it out there. <laughs> just like a Molotov cocktail. Uh, all right. Really quickly. Uh, let's get into some housekeeping because uh, it's fun. It's loose. It's a win. It's a double digit win. It's 30 to 10. Um, it, David's about to go eat some pie. Um, I'm sure he's got Man, like. I'm, I'm just, fresh out of pie and I'm so disappointed. You are. You're out of pie. I feel like that's I'm a mistake. Right now. It is I a mistake. I feel like that's a problem. Yeah, I feel like that's a problem. Um, you probably all. I'm imagining you with like cartons of eggnog on the sides of a Trent Taylor helmet. With like straws just connected to your mouth as soon as we end this podcast. Is that's I mean you're you're gonna be full full Maybe. into the eggnog. We'll uh, see. But there is gonna be no Thursday show this week because of Turkey Day. Um David's going to basically uh get into a pie induced coma. Um and I will be traveling with family. And so not really conducive for potting, but uh housekeeping out of the way, let's talk about the win because hey, it's a win. And really, I mean Jaguars just are who we thought they were. Like yeah. they're, they're not, they're not good. I, I have a, a buddy who's a Jags fan and I text him. I was like, I don't know how you do this. Like we're 500 I mean, we kind of and do, it feels, but I mean, we kind of do, but at the same time, it's like, we've been, we're 500 right now. And we're like, you know, Oh God, like we're, we're in the playoff hunt and we're like, we're not one of the best playoff teams. And like sometimes I just have to remind myself, you know what? At least we're not the Jaguars. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's fair. We are currently not the Jaguars because yikes. Um, yeah, I mean that that offense was just as bad as expected, and and just yeah. really uh, looked pretty awful. And and then by the point that they got anything going, you know, the first like decent drive that they had there toward the end of the second quarter, I mean, they're already down three scores, and they had only run like uh, f- I think four plays at that point yeah. offensively. They yeah, had yeah. The three and out initially, and then they fumbled uh, on the opening play of the next drive. It was it was ugly. Yeah. And I think uh, what little chance the Jaguars defense had of kind of sustaining this recent surge um, that they've been going on the last couple of weeks, uh, they just continuously shot themselves in the foot with stupid mistakes. You know, I, I think uh, you had the opening drive there, right, where there was two third down penalties that allowed them to keep it going. And, and so it was just, yeah, early when they could have still kind of kept things tighter and, and not let it get away. The mistakes cost them, and, and and by the time things could even get turned around, it was too late. Yeah, I thought it was interesting early that the Jags' defense looked like it was putting up a fight. I mean, they stopped the 49ers a couple times, and it was you know a couple of penalties that kept them in there, and especially on the interior of the offensive line. I mean, there was one snap I remember specifically where Lakin Tomlinson, who doesn't end up getting dropped in any quarterback slap often, he is a, a very, very good guard. He got, I mean, just whomever there, whomever was over the, the ball got a really, really good push, pushed Tomlinson a couple of yards into the backfield, and they were doing well. The The play that the Niners love to run that they've been running with success, that toss play, uh, which I think is you know, like 18, 19, zero, the, the 18 or 19 just gives you the direction which they're running. Um, they weren't super successful with that play. The, the Jags were able to string it out. They were able to knife in. 
they were playing a lot of single high. They were stacking the box. They were not going to get beat on the ground. And early on, it, it felt like tough sledding for the 49ers. It felt like this could easily be a slog. And, and then all of a sudden, the Niners turned to their playmakers and they were like, we got to get the ball in our best running back's hands. Uh, and that was Debo Samuel. I mean, that 20-play drive was a 20-play drive because they couldn't get anything uh, substantial, yeah. right? Like, it, there there were no, like, explosive plays on that drive. There were no, uh, you know, big chunk yardage that, that you could, ha- uh, you know, go to to make things a little bit easier. And so it was very much having to to earn it every single down. And then even some of them, they didn't quite earn it, right? They got bailed out a little bit and, and that kept things going. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, who knows what would have happened had they been able to get off the field on one of those early third downs, right? And, and the four ers were forced to punt. But uh, I think, yeah, you did see them with the motion that we've been talking about, um, that they've been loving on those outside zone plays. They did go to more of it, which they've, they've shown... It, it definitely at different points um, throughout the season, but they definitely went to it more heavily on some of the other run concepts, right? We saw it more uh, on on power and gap t- scheme type stuff. And, and so they started, I think, with the focus from Jacksonville being very much to try to take that away and, and make sure that they didn't get the edge. They started kind of hitting them a little bit more inside. And yeah, it was very successful. And uh, like you mentioned, I mean, Debo Samuel uh, basically is the the best runner that they have right now the running game just has so much more pop when he's in there like it, it the he is very very fast obviously he's he's got wide receiver speed you compare him to how sermon and wilson looked and they just did not look quick i, I don't think wilson looks as fast this year as he did last year and and that you know is to be expected i mean tearing your meniscus is is it, it's a big deal and, and it can absolutely affect your explosiveness and even though he's healthy enough to play i don't know that he is running as quickly as he as he was last season and sermon just he, he doesn't look like he is even phone booth quick which is what we thought he would be in in the preseason when we were doing a scattering report so i mean they they went to debo and and it worked i mean he was hitting holes he was breaking tackles he was getting touchdowns and and i think he is he was the yardage leader even though he didn't have a target until late in like the third quarter and meanwhile Ayuk is over here racking up targets finally and, and I mean, I'm glad. I'm glad that they turned to their playmakers. They got some pop from both him and Ayuk. And, and it's what the 49ers needed uh, with, you know, a little bit of George Kittle peppered in there, uh, especially near the, the one yard line. And, you know, it's enough to, to put up some points against a, a team whose offense couldn't muster much of anything else. Yeah, I, I mean, I think it is is kind of nice uh, because we know that there's not the sort of passing volume for all three of those guys, right, with Debo and Ayuk and Kittle to get significant targets right it's it's just there's not enough to really go around between all of those guys and so by getting Debo more touches in the run game and some of these other creative ways and then you free up Ayuk to now kind of become your number one target guy uh and him and and Kittle can kind of share that load uh that I think you know allows everyone to stay involved and and get a chance to have an impact on the game right which they haven't really been able to do in, in, in a way that made sense so far this season so yeah I think you get Debo touches any way you can and and right now i mean yeah why not get him back there running back you know what Dude, i mean listen to this stat line listen to the stat line debo samuel eight carries 79 yards one touchdown averaging 9.9 yards a tote jeff wilson 19 carries 50 yards 2.6 yards a carry trey sermon 10 carries 32 yards 3.2 yards a carry jimmy garoppolo is averaging three yards a carry on two carries, which is more than Jeff Wilson. 
<laughs> I mean, it's it's absurd. It's basically was Debo Samuel was the running game, and that was it. I mean, I think it, it would be worth going back and and looking a little bit to see if Jacksonville played things differently on any of the like with Debo in the backfield compared to one of the more traditional running backs, right? Uh, yeah. Because there there were some plays. I mean, I, I forget if it was on his touchdown or just one of the other longer ones that Debo had. Um, but it was like a power concept, and you see Trent Williams and uh, the tight end on that side. I think it was Charlie Warner. Um, just cave in that side of the the defense i mean so it was like debo it wasn't it wasn't like debo was making these huge chunk plays uh out of nothing right when when it wasn't blocked up and uh and stuff like that like he was getting some help but obviously once he gets into the open i mean he's more dangerous than basically anyone else on the field and i think that's the difference right and that's why raheem Mostert is such a valuable part of the running game is because when you do have an offensive line that can create a big hole you want a running back that has the speed to hit that home run and I don't think Jeff Wilson or Trey Sermon are that player right now, but Debo Samuel absolutely is. Uh, and I think that that one play, it, it, and especially because I think if we're talking about the same play, the corner comes down and tries to basically force that back inside, but he just slips and falls. And that's basically the only player who's going to have any kind of shot at tackling him. And at that point, it's just a, a free run to the corner and he's fast enough to get there. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, overall, it still is, you know, what Shanahan wants to do. He's just finding new ways to do it. And Brandon Ayuk, seven receptions, 85 yards, one touchdown, uh, seven whole targets. The, the Niners really love, especially on third down, that double slants concept. Um, and, and I think Ayuk is, is in there. He's catching the ball in traffic. He caught it that time. Um, you know, he caught the touchdown pass, which was a, a good pass. One of Shanahan's better passes in the red zone um, because he had some real, real bad ones there in the red zone um, and a couple of good ones, you know, for scores. But Overall, it's good to see the teams that, or the players that we thought would be involved actually involved and fuel the win. I mean, it's nice because Ayuk is catching everything too. I think, yeah. I mean, what you said, seven targets, right? Seven receptions on yeah. seven targets. Yep. Like, yep. Uh, and, and there was one of those slants that was, you know, very heavily contested, had the corner right on his back that he was able to haul in, had one of the other ones, one of the the, the bigger ones where he's coming across the middle where he takes the hit right after he, he makes the catch there and hangs onto it and just bounces off, right? And, and goes and gets a, another big chunk of yardage after the catch. Uh, so yeah, it's fun seeing him uh, you know, kind of back to the player that I think we expected after what he showed us last season. And, uh, it, it is funny seeing them go. I mean, they, they really are trying to get the ball out of his hand, uh, out of Jimmy's hands quickly, right? Like super quick. Uh, it, I mean, one of those slant plays that, that I caught was on a third and 12, like they're, they're going to quick game on third and 12, which is, uh, yeah. I like, I don't know, weird, but, uh, Hey, if it's gonna, it's gonna work, it I works, guess, man. You know, sure. I mean, if it works, but also especially against a team like the Jaguars, where I, I don't know that it made sense to have Jimmy hold the ball very much um, because he he did see pressure early on. He did see pressure if he was going to hold. Yeah, they were blitzing I mean, a one, lot. Yeah, they they were blitzing early. They were blitzing often, and and it made a lot of sense um, to do that. I mean, if if you're not going to be, if you think they get into the quarterback and and you can trust your corners and coverage, um, then yeah, that's absolutely what you do. Um, it just so happened that. You know, I, I guess the 49ers may be contagious because all of a sudden the Jaguars corner started dropping like flies. Uh, I think Jawan Jennings immediately begins like he was in the Hall of Like before he might have a bust in the 49ers museum after this game. The way that he I mean, he basically got that player rejected because he, he's he's blocking him. Yeah, I mean, he clearly funny. gets into the corner's head and then he handles it like a vet. He gets up and he's yeah. like, whatever, no big deal. And then the guy swings at him. 
one. And he's, like, and he's still, yeah, I mean, I was, I was very impressed uh, with, yeah. with the restraint that Jennings showed on that play. Absolutely. And he was laughing at him. He was laughing yeah. at him. And then he headbutts Jimmy Garoppolo without a helmet on. <laughs> Jennings doesn't have a helmet on. Garoppolo has the helmet on. And Jennings goes in and, you know, he's like, I, I played this well. I'm going to go ahead and just, you know, concuss myself out of it or whatever. Chess bumps Shanahan. Shanahan tries to give him a gimme touchdown later, lining him up at fullback. Like this is, I mean, Juwan Jennings is absolutely going to get some some kind of recognition in that 49ers locker room. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was it was a nice little stretch. It was fun to see, uh, you know, I guess the Jaguars just sort of imploding, uh, especially I what was that dude's name? Jenkins, Rashawn Jenkins, I think was the one that got ejected, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, just totally losing his fucking shit. And, uh, and, and the 49ers like, you know, hanging, everybody was hanging back and like they got out of the way and, and just kind of laughed the whole thing off. Like it was pretty funny to see. Yeah, no, no, it was good. Uh, the early on in the game, I thought to myself, okay, if, if the Jags defense is going to make this a bit of a slog, the Niners aren't going to be able to run it down their throat. Like, like we thought they, they would be able to, you're going to need something from Jimmy Garoppolo. And, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo turned in, I think, one of his the efficient games that get Niners wins where he's doing, you know, he's not putting the team on his shoulders, but he's doing just enough to win. And the, the narrative about him performing in shotgun is becoming more and more of a thing now, uh, especially in this game, because he performed in this game fairly well in shotgun. He was 10 for 13 for 93 yards and both of his touchdowns were in the shotgun. Uh, there's, there's more and more smoke about this shotgun thing, David. Um, especially after this game, you think there's something to it. I mean, I did think it was funny that, uh, after that's kind of been the story all week, they came out on the very first play and did uh, a play under action center. from under center yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and threw it. So I thought that was pretty good. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, you know, have to kind of go back and, and look at these snaps a little bit more closely. I, I still don't know that it's a, a huge thing but obviously I mean it, it seems there was a David Lombardi article this week that that came out and uh, you know he had some quotes from the coaching staff in there talking about how this is something that they've been thinking about for a long time apparently right and this has been kind of years in the making and it's something that Garoppolo likes and, and feels more comfortable with and so I, I think yeah anything you can do um, to make your quarterback more comfortable, right. And more successful. Like that's, that's going to be something you, uh, absolutely want to do and find a way to implement it. And so if they can still get, which I think, again, they've been trending this way anyway, like being able to run, uh, all of the run concept stuff that they like to do out of the gun anyway. Right. So I, I think you absolutely can make a lot of the things that this offense does work. Um, I don't know that it's, it's quite the same as what they do under center, right? You're going to have to make some adjustments for sure. But, uh, yeah, I thought overall, I mean, it, it was another one. This was the exact same game script. I mean, it, it felt like we were watching a rerun of last week and in a lot of ways, right. It was just the same sort of thing where there weren't too many plays, uh, in situations where Garoppolo had to throw it when, when everybody knew he was going to throw it, they could pick and choose their spots. They could make sure that they were setting things up well. And, uh, yeah, I, I think he, he did exactly what you would expect in those situations. Yeah. You think to yourself this game, he had a really good game from the shotgun. Well, he also had a pretty decent game, not in shotgun. He was yeah. six for 10 for 83 yards. Uh, and so he was just, 10 yards shy of his total yardage for uh, no, for his shotgun yardage. So overall, he just had a good game. Whether it was under center, whether it was shotgun, whether it was not shotgun, he did enough to win. Uh, I don't think he had any turnover-worthy plays, really. Um, and that and I remember. He, and even some of those incompletions, I mean, he had some throwaways in there. I forget yeah. exactly whether those came from shotgun or under center. But yeah, I mean, even the, the few incompletions that he had, 
weren't all like actual misses. Some of them, some of them were pretty bad, especially in the red zone. Um, like the the ones that that I remember, the him just hitting a wide open wide or a wide open running back and throwing it kind of almost back shoulder and, and spun him around. Um, and, oh, and that, on you Wilson, know, yeah, yeah, Wilson, and then in the red zone, we're just missing again the wide open Wilson. Um, I which, will say that that Wilson one I don't think was on Jimmy. I, yeah, I, so I, I was going to say he got stopped Wilson. right because he hits juice when he's on the way out, and and so it kind of stops him a little bit. I don't think he gets stopped. I, I think he just chose to. I, I think it was just kind of like they not being on the same page. Jimmy's expecting him. Uh, it looks like to just kind of continue running as yeah, he was across the field, and he starts to like you know, basically recognize that there's no one around and, and essentially throttle down and just look to, to sit in that open space. And, uh, so I think, yeah, just not quite on the same page there, but I think Jimmy was absolutely expecting him to continue running at the same speed he was running across the field and he didn't do that. Yeah. So overall, I mean, this is a, the, this is the kind of game that you would expect when you have a team that is more talented and plays better than the other. We always say that the, the, you know, you're going to have you're going to have opponents that are just not very good in the NFL. Sometimes you want to beat them and beat them handily. Um, and then the games that are close are the ones where, you know, you're evenly matched or whatever. And then it kind of comes down to a coin flip. Um, 30 to 10 is, is what you would expect, hopefully, against a team like the Jaguars. And that's exactly what the 49ers did. Yeah, I think um, this was a game that we expected them to win. Right. And uh, they. Went out and handled business, and I think this doesn't really change. I think by definition, right, if you're going to say that you expect them to go out and win a game against a team that isn't very good, and then they go out and do that, then you're kind of right where you're at before that game. So now the 49ers are right back in the thick of the playoff chase, and we'll talk about that. But before we do that, we're going to give you just a brief note about our sponsors because this week's pod is brought to you by TickPick, especially after the last two games. It seems like 49ers football is actually finally back. And there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find 49ers tickets anymore. That's because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all of those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all of their NFL tickets. And if you don't believe it, and, and you find better prices on the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. You can buy a ticket for a 49ers road game, as many of you clearly did for the game against the Jaguars. It was just impressive to see that sea of red on the broadcast. A buddy of mine who's a Jaguars fan, he, he texts me and he's like, what? how come there are so many of you there? <laughs> and I was like, you know what? The Niners travel well. And, and hopefully you use TickPick in order to do it. Because if you visit TickPick.com slash Rivals today, you can save $10 on your first order of 49ers tickets. That's TickPick.com slash Rivals. And with the win, the 49ers are back into the thick of the final playoff spot. Oh. Uh, playoffs? I just, you know, I've been saving it. And every time I forget to, to do it, and this time I added a note just so we could do it, just so we could do it, just for you, David. Uh, back playoffs. Talking about, first we're talking about tick picks and then we're back into the thick of it. Like what's happening here? Where, where are we going? <laughs> back into the thick of the final playoff spot race. You, the, a lot of interesting things happen at the end of the early window. The Vikings won, which is not great for the 49ers. It sets up a pretty marvelous matchup here next week week 12 where i think someone in the discord uh chat during the the live game chat said that trey lance may be 
<laughs> maybe Shanahan's third favorite quarterback next week on the field. <laughs> Accurate. <laughs> I, thought was, I thought it was hilarious. True story. <laughs> oh, it's so funny. Um, but Carolina lost, New Orleans lost. And so that puts the 49ers really, I mean, in the thick of it. They're at 500. Uh, the team that they are really up against right now is the Vikings. And so that's going to be a really, really interesting game for them because the Vikings are not the Jaguars. And I think they may even be more of a bad matchup for them than the Rams, um, just based off of the offensive firepower they have. Um, and, you know, they can do lots of different things. So, yeah, it, next week is, a, is really a pivotal game for the 49ers if they're going to keep their playoff hopes alive. Definitely the big one. I mean, you look at, at kind of the remaining schedule that they have and i think they the you look at the afc games that they have still right they play cincinnati they play tennessee they play houston uh i mean you really need those games the atlanta game like you need to get as many wins against those a little bit lesser teams that aren't necessarily in the division or or super important ones just because you need the wins and you need to make sure you stay uh in that hunt but then obviously I, i i think even if you win, you know, say you go three or four in those and you lose, if you lose the games in the division that you have left against Seattle and, and the Rams, uh, and then you lose against Minnesota, like you're probably still in a bad situation when it comes to tiebreakers and, and all of those sort of things. Right. So, um, yeah, I, I think every game that they have left is going to be important for one reason or another, whether it's just to kind of stack wins and bank some of those, um, or whether it's going to be the more important games that are going to help them in, in tiebreaker situations and things like that. Are some of their losses, do some of their losses look better now, especially with the Colts absolutely walloping? uh the the titans this week where you think to yourself you know they were they were really close against the the colts in a really ugly wet weather game the packers are one of the best teams uh in the nfc the i mean the the cardinals with kyler murray might actually be the best team uh or one of the best teams in the nfl does their 500 look different than some of the other teams 500s um, I mean, I can't honestly say that that I, I've paid that close enough attention to the other 500 teams to know how how well those records hold up. Uh, I, I think when you look at what the 49ers have done so far, I mean, it, it kind of makes sense. I mean, the one that stands out is obviously not being able to come away with a win against the Colt McCoy-led Cardinals and, uh, and taking advantage of that situation. But the rest of them, I mean, the teams that they've they've beat – are bad teams, some of the worst teams really in in the league for the most part. Um, and then the games they lost are the teams that are good, right? I, I think that's kind of how it's fallen. And, and I think from what we've seen from the 49ers on the field, that's where they fit in right now from a quality standpoint to me is, is kind of right in that middle area. Like they're not uh, really playing like a good contending team, um, but they're not one of the worst teams in the NFL. Right. And so, yeah, I think you look at the record and, and it it makes sense which ones they've lost, which ones they haven't. Yeah. I mean, at this point, uh, I just pulled up the playoff picture as it is right now. Um, the Saints are seven. Vikings are six. Rams are five. Uh, and I, I don't think they're catching the Rams um, right now. The Rams are up two games. And I mean, it's possible, but uh, I think unlikely. So really, it's going to be the Saints and the Vikings and they play the Vikings next week. Um all right, let's get to some quick hits before we get on out of here. Um, you know, it hit me as I was watching the game, as I was watching Trey Sermon be very slow and Trey Sermon not get a lot of snaps and Trey Sermon, um, you know, going to get that wheel route reception. That seems like it's typically a, a Kyle use check play. I'm like, what if, what if Sermon really is just a replacement for use check? 
What if that's the master plan? What if, you know, that's you, you spend third round capital on a running back that you're going to convert to fullback and you do it when a, a rookie contract is four years and you've re-signed use check for four years. I mean, I feel like that is a prime Shanahan move. It is firmly within his wheelhouse. I think that I think ultimately we've just missed it. He's not a running back. He's a fullback. Why are you trying to do this to me? It's a holiday week. We're supposed to be friends here. I thought this was a safe place. It's my gift to you. You know, we're not, we're, we're, I, I'm going to hit you a little early with the gifts. You know, it's a white elephant gift. <laughs> no comment. Oh God. All right. So next the, question, in case, please. in case, in case you folks couldn't tell, or maybe you're like, this is one of the first better rivals episodes you're listening to. I, I was kidding. Um, Trent Williams. How'd you like to have him get a touchdown? Jimmy Garoppolo is going to force that ball into Trent no Williams, irrespective, what. irrespective of what was happening. And I like, honestly, I, I shouldn't be surprised at this point at how much Williams elevated to get that ball. Like he, I mean, he was, I, I'm not sure if I was impressed or what, but that's like, that's some serious elevation for a man that size. I mean, he was, he was getting up there. He was about to moss two Jaguars. And that, I mean, it would just blown the roof off. It's like uh, Shanahan must have watched on the road trip there. Uh, what was that shitty Kevin Costner movie, Draft Day? <laughs> Draft Day. Like, <laughs> he watched that, and he got inspired, and he just sends in the play call to Jimmy, and it says Trent Williams no matter what. Like that's that's what that play was. Like it was, it oh absolutely God. did not matter how covered he was. Like what was going. Like there were two guys all over it, and it's like, yeah, we're just gonna force that up to Trent Williams. Why not? Yeah, I Kyle must have been feeling himself this one because he. I mean, he's trying to get. Uh, He's trying to get Jawan Jennings a touchdown, lining him up fullback. He's trying to get Trent Williams a touchdown, the snap immediately afterwards. He must have just been like, all right, this is what it feels like to win. Let's just empty the clip. Do it. Do it. Do it. Um, but yeah, that was, I thought that was, that was interesting. And I also think it's funny that Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, there are a lot of quarterbacks that get the one read quarterback moniker thrown on them. And, uh, and I feel like Jimmy Garoppolo is somehow sneaking out of getting that one read thing thrown on him. But he is often just one read, stick it on my guy, and if not, oh no. Um, He's in a very fortunate situation that that one read is often open, uh, and so it doesn't matter. But uh, yeah, I mean, he he very much like can get locked onto dudes, and oh totally. I mean, he um, he does it with Kittle, um, which is you know in some cases good. He does it with Ayuk. He does it with Debo. Um, You know, it's uh, it's definitely an interesting thing. But yeah, Trent Williams. Number one receiver getting locked on Trent Williams. <laughs> He's he got double covered, man. He got, you know, they bracketed him. What are, what are you going to do? <laughs> they probably just needed two people to cover that much mass. <laughs> We're going to do coverage from uh, rather than, you know, position on the field or something like that. We're just going to be mass is how we're going to determine how we cover these guys. I love it. Absolutely love it. Um, I think those are all the, the quick hits that I could think of uh, as I was watching the game. I, nothing else really jumped out at me. What else? Uh, what else jumped out at you from watching the game? I mean, yeah, I think we we covered it. I thought it was funny that we uh, kind of <laughs> jokingly called the preview episode the uh, what it was the film that Urban Meyer actually doesn't want you to see, and and it that was true. That's kind of held up. Like it was a pretty ugly performance from Jacksonville, and and I'm sure they're not going to have a lot of fun rewatching that game. And hey, back to 500 on the the roller coaster of this team uh is headed for a top 10 pick that they don't have and and headed to the playoffs it just it continues here we are uh, playoffs uh, all right i think that uh that does it let's go ahead and and round it out on a 
positive note because <laughs> we're not going to be back for a week. Uh, and we'll be here next week. When uh, When is the actual next game against the Vikings? Because that's going to be uh, November 28th. We'll be back live streaming the November 28th game against the Vikings. And uh, and yeah, thanks for everyone for tuning in. You can find me on Twitter at Better Rivals. David, talking about the Patreon. Patreon.com slash Better Rivals. Get the, get the live streams. We're going to get BetterRivals.com. We're still going to do that. But you get We're the live streams. I actually Discord. forgot about the best part of today. Uh, the Well, I mean, other than the 49ers completely throttling someone, um, someone in the Better Rivals Discord uh, started saying um, MVP-bo for Debo. And I absolutely, I love it. I, I think it's so great. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. It's so funny. <laughs> it's fantastic. But anyway, if it. you are a patron, then you can come and leave questionable comments like that that we can then debate on the show as to whether they're good or bad. Um, that's the only place you can do that. So patreon.com slash better rivals. It's the holiday season. Support the pod. Buy some beer. It's going to be fun. Enjoy the win. Enjoy the stress-free Sunday. It's been a while since we've had one. Uh, have a happy Thanksgiving to those of you who celebrate it. We'll see you next week on the live stream and on the pod. Thanks again for tuning in. And as always, go Niners. Go Niners.